We're Hi. back. <laughs> Here we are. We're back. It's hot as fuck outside. Yeah. Um what? <laughs> I feel like the the transition from just like starting to gab about whatever we gab about till when we like put play, it's always this like little like hiccup. Awkward, I know, because but I'm just thinking we have to introduce ourselves. I know. Hi, or, welcome to. As <laughs> <laughs> we just haven't got the the hang of it. Yeah, that's okay. It's fine. It, this is endearing. It is. <laughs> I hope so. So, hi, welcome back. To another episode of As Woo Woo As You Want. Yes, there we go. Crushed it. <laughs> I'm Celine. I'm Jeremiah. We didn't do that last time. It's true. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> well, you'll knows. Figure it out. No one cares. Yeah, we're like worldwide famous at this point. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much, just living the luxurious we're life. Just like. Talking about podcasts and gardening. We're just like on that podcast circuit now. (laughs) (sighs) Well, um, yeah, it's hot. Uh, It's 60 degrees. It's February. We record two episodes a day. So if you heard episode three. This is the same. This is episode four and it's the same damn day. That's how we work. So Um, it's scary. I know. Can we just talk about this for a couple minutes? I need to just get some global warming shit out of my body. Go. Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to be a little... I'm going to pontificate just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Or maybe not pontificate, but I just... I just want people to realize we are not helpless. Like, the position that we're in is one we've created for ourselves and it's also one we can get ourselves out of if everyone takes into account that you are part of this earth. So, what does that mean on an everyday level? Because everybody talks about that, but I'm like, yeah, 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 but what do you mean? Okay. Very practical stuff. Go for it. This is something I think about a lot. And actually, if anyone's a, a Burning Man person, you'll know about this. Um... It's called the one of the so when you go to Burning Man, there's ten of fundamental like. Have you been to Burning rules. Man? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> of course, we're doing a spirituality podcast. I haven't been to Burning no, Man. No, you're yeah, I couldn't do it. Anyway, it's an experience. Um, anyway, one of the rules is leave no trace. Okay. So here's one practical thing you could do. Okay. Especially for uh, the New Yorkers out there, but anyone, <clears throat> you're walking around. You see a piece of garbage. You pick it up. Just pick it up. Just one thing. Because this happens to me where I do that, and then I see another piece of garbage, and then I'm like, fuck it. I'm not doing it because it's just too much. Mm. Just do one thing. Okay. Sure. I just think more in terms of, like, I love the mentality. Like, we can change it. But, like, it comes down to, like, the lawmakers. And no one gives a shit about that. No one's, like, pushing for... Solar power, renewable energy, like, especially now with that shithead in the office. Sorry, that was so aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like oil, all this kind of stuff. Like, that's why 
I was I talk about the commune. Yeah. Because I feel like that's a way that you can really feel like you're taking an active part in your environment. So the commune, for yes, those who aren't... you're not with me all the time. Um, where we've talked about doing a commune. A lot, of, a lot of my friends, I think a lot of people who are in the millennial age, in the 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. are, are thinking about communes as right. kind of uh, a remedy to the current um, living situation, financial situation, uh, economic situation. Yeah, environmental situation. Um, man... I know. Eastern Parkway, sirens. Well. It happens. It does happen. I think that's a siren signifying that this earth is in danger and we have to take care of it. Another thing I was thinking of. Okay. We are, I I do really think that we are entering a new feminine stage. Okay. And I don't think it is a coincidence that Mother Earth is pissed. Is pissed. True. We have been, and I'm using this word not lightly. We have raped Mother Earth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And she's fucking pissed. When she's showing it. I mean, I just got a reusable water bottle. <laughs> I know that seems so, like, way behind the times, but I was like, I'm being such an asshole. You're doing your part. I'm trying. Maybe. And then the other day I thought I should compost, but I was like, I don't know how to compost in Bushwick, which actually probably there's a lot of composting things in Bushwick. Just take a plastic bag and put all your food scraps in the freezer. And then just let them freeze? And then when you're ready to bring it to a... There's got to be a compost place by Bushwick. I mean, I think I should compost. Yeah. Well, I, I also have to say it's not effective to, like ram the shit down people's throat. I know it maybe sounds no. like we're both doing that. No, but I, we're I not. Think, I think we're both scared. Scared and also just like it really is all up to us. In the yeah. same way, like, I really don't want to go political, but the reason we're in the political situation we're in is because some people think it's not worth voting and they didn't vote. So like right. apathy. Um we can't be apathetic anymore. No, and I think everyone's really feeling that. And it's only gonna get more intense. I know. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's polarizing. It's frustrating. But I think it is an opportunity for growth to practice what you preach and to kind of create and manifest and use these ideas of what kind of world we want, what kind of life we want. And, you know, trust all the things that we talk about or that we read about. Like, we can create and attract a loving inclusive, safe, prosperous environment for everybody to grow in. Um, So I think this ties in perfectly to what we always talk about. Like, last time it was money. Now this is environmentally. Like, the world we live in is literally on fire. So trying our best to manage that and create something better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I would hope that's possible. No, I love that. It's like the money, you know, it's rock bottom. <laughs> this is rock bottom. This is, we're getting to rock bottom. Pretty much. I mean, I hope that this, I wouldn't want it to get much worse. I guess it could. But it is, yeah, like going back to, so when I say something like pick up trash or compost or, you know, get get reusable bottle, like that's not going to be, 
it's not effective to just like yell at people and tell them to do that. It has to come from a place of love. Like you, we are all connected. I know that sounds so hippy dippy, but it's really true. Like we are all connected. You are seeing the evidence of that. And I loved what you said about how, you know, in, in the Seth book I'm reading right now, the individual nature and mass events, he talks about myths Mm -hmm. and how we have been accepting all of these myths, you know, from Darwin and Freud, all these ideas of like survival of the fittest. And it's a pit, pit one guy against another person. And, um, that's, it's such a patriarchal way of looking at the world. Right. It's very reptilian. It's totally reptilian. And we just accept it as is like, this is the truth. Right. When it doesn't have to be the truth. Well, I think it's an, it was an age that was what humans needed to experience for a while, you know? And like, As you said when we were coming in, like, the Great Awakening is happening again. Yeah. Um, And if you think about it, a lot of horrible mass events have had, have happened in our history and then always created something new, like a new thing came out of it. And I do think this is, you know, the past couple years have been just a steady decline. So it's either a rebirth or, you know, a destruction. And that's Kali. Very Kali. We are living in a Kali time. Mm-hmm. And if people are really interested in astrology, I highly recommend. This is crazy. Okay. In 2006, right? Yeah. There's an astrologer. His name is Michael Luton. He's New York based. Okay. Um, L-U-T-I-N. Uh, Google Michael Luton America 2006. Okay. And you're going to read his astrology for America. Is it? What happened? And it's like every fucking thing that's happening right now, he called it. And he said the reason the reason America is going through what it's going through is because it's nearing the end of its Pluto mm. orbit. And Pluto is the planet of Kali. And it's death and transformation. Exactly. No, I know. I so had he, my astrology chart done. And the astrologist, who was amazing, Leslie Galbraith. Yeah, Galbraith. Yes. She said the ne- till 2021, the energy is going to continue to be very chaotic. Pluto is transitioning, well, in my chart, but I don't know. This and is specifically for you. Specifically for me, but she was, like, saying actually, like, universally and, like, worldwide, the energy is still going to be kind of garbage. Mm. So it's important to be, like, have a daily practice and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, it kind of gave a time frame for a new paradigm to exist, which I do totally. think is going to happen. I, mean, I think so too. You know, the end of the Mayan calendar, 2012. Mm-hmm. If you think about 2012 forward, it's been pretty rough. Yep. Right. So I think there is the Kali aspect. That's just like going wild. Yeah. I always think of Moana. The, uh, the is that Pixar a Disney movie? movie. Yeah. I never saw it. It's all about... Is it a, I feel like I would just cry. That's so good. It's Pixar. I cry for everyone. <laughs> the best was Up. Like, no, I two minutes Wally. in, I just... Oh, Wally's oh, so good. Oh, God. A little baby robot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Moana is all about, you know... It's Earth. Volcanoes. What are volcanoes? Um, volcanoes are symbols of destruction and renewal. True. So, what is Hawaii? I mean, Hawaii is just a bunch of volcanoes that overflow and kind of blacken everything and destroy everything. And then what comes from that is just this rebirth, this 
unbelievable like flora and fauna. Mm. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Moana came out because who's the lead? It's a woman. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that the divine feminine is going to be more incorporated into our, our world. I'm so excited. I do. I'm really excited too. Yeah. You know, I feel like I own both aspects of myself, my Mars and Venus, my male and female, but like a lot of men are not like that. No, I know. You know, it's a unique character. I can't. It's it's harder for me to hang out with men um, than, than women. Than women, and really, all the men that I do hang out with are pretty. They they're pretty in touch with their emotional feminine side. I feel. Has that always been the way? Yeah. Really. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I could get down. I can like bro it out and stuff, but it's. Um, it's not like your ideal. No, I like doing shit like this. I I guarantee you more women will be listening to this podcast than men. Yeah. Well. No. I don't know. Was that sexist? No, I do. What's <laughs> what I do find interesting. Did I just become a man? Did I just become a chauvinist man by saying? No, that? I think that you just meant women are a little bit more woke than men typically. A billion percent. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. Though I will say, since moving back to New York and like reintegrating and finding new friends, which is always difficult as an adult. I do find that I've had, I have more men that are a little bit more emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. now than before. So I find that encouraging. Yeah. And I don't totally have time for the others. No. Because actually I talk about this a lot with women. I think the unfortunate, one of the unfortunate things that happened to men is that they're not raised in an environment where they're in charge of their emotional intelligence. Meaning, if they have an emotion or a feeling, it's either don't talk about it, that's not what a man does, or lay it on someone else, usually a woman. So a woman becomes in charge of the man's emotional well-being. And that dynamic I've had a million times in my relationships. Like, I'm, like, the caretaker. Are you okay? Like, oh, no, that happened. How does that make you feel? Versus women who, like, I don't know. You have to be your own, like, emotional caregiver from a young age. And Mm -hmm. you have to take care of someone else. Mm -hmm. So, it's a side note of a boundary I've created. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And, you know, if I have a kid and the kid is choosing to identify as male. Do you like how I said that? Yeah, that was woke. Yeah, thanks. Um, (laughs) I want to teach him how to be uh, emotions are good. Yeah. And I think that maybe comes into inner child stuff. Oh, okay. We're going there. (laughs) We don't have to. But I do think it's an interesting thing. Little kids, the difference of... Your feelings when you're little. Well, this goes actually back to, I don't know, we started talking about the environment, so I want to keep going with that, but, like, again, this, like, myth-making thing. Yeah. And I really feel like, even doing this podcast, like, I want, I feel like it's empowering for us to do this podcast, and I'm hoping that people listening to it are empowered by it, and and I really do think that um, we can create a new reality. It yeah. really is up to us. And I don't know if, tell me if you like remember this. Okay. Do you remember like, 
I don't know what age it was. Oh, this does tie into the inner child thing. This is crazy. <laughs> Tell me what what age you were like. Wait a minute. This is this is like the reality. Like, was there a period where you were like you you saw where the earth was and you you like there was something intrinsic in you that like knew this wasn't really how it is like it felt deficient it felt like not where you came from probably when i was 6 yep when i first started elementary school i think maybe I can't totally, like, be like, and I was doing this event task, but I do think that's when a switch came where I was like, huh, this is a little odd. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's related to the inner child stuff where I think there's a purity of being. Yeah. And something happens where it gets beaten out of you. It get, you get conditioned out of it. I'm, I'm, I well, really school. School, parents, just everything the world yeah i do think that you know kids nowadays i mean i don't have one but it does seem like they are becoming more and more woke you know yeah i i don't know i hope so i don't know i don't know either yeah i would think i would um... i mean just considering like the kind of gender non-normative stuff that's happening seems like kids are just like whatever (laughs) <laughs> whatever yeah. yeah i mean i have a friend who has a baby who she's raising genderless right so like mm-hmm. she didn't tell anybody what the gender was and it's like well we'll see what happens so hopefully it's also up will... to us like yeah. we're the parents now yeah <laughs> i mean not you or me but we could be. We could be. Yeah. We're at that age. Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, you you do get, like, beaten down with conformity. Mm-hmm. And, like, don't imagine, you know, your imagination kind of gets cut off a little bit. Which is so, so crucial. Like imaginary friends and stuff. Just imagination. Possibility. Yeah. It's just your world starts narrowing. Yeah. I guess depending on where you, you know, I think it depends on a lot of stuff. School socioeconomic background, right? Like if you have parents who are like fly free in the wilderness or you're born into like kind of a, you know, a more difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But. Yes, here we go. Inner child stuff. Now the thing with this is we're talking about kids like we're not kids anymore, but the reality is, is that child is actually always in you. Right. So I don't know that much about inner child stuff, but I do think it would be helpful for me to get in touch with her again. So the way that I look at it is, um, and again, this is like something that I have kind of gleaned from doing the stuff with Tosha is like, you're essentially, you're almost like three entities. Okay. You're your inner child. Mm -hmm. You're the adult you. Sure. Right. The egoic self, if you want to call it that. And then you are this greater self, okay. this like the soul. Right. Like connected self. Like a right. Exactly. Moment. The oversoul. Right. And being human is managing those three 
mm-hmm. manning, managing and, and juggling and balancing all three of those entities that's within you. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of things that we do to our inner child to just survive. Um, like the adult version of Yeah, us? like the adult version of us, like, will, you know, just kind of... Uh, shut down the inner child, like stuff it in a closet and like not listen to it because in order to survive. So like, I don't know. What's a good example. Like you take a job that you know in your heart is not what you want to do or, Mm -hmm. or not even that. Like, let's say you, you want to go to a movie, right? But you're right. like, oh no, I got to wake up early tomorrow. Like there's something there that's okay. like, there's an, there's the a fun. part. Of, yeah. The fun, the play, the yeah. cuddling, the, like all those things that are very pure. Right. You know, that, that like, no, 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 not no, now. can't do that. Can't do that. Hmm. Now it's not to say that you indulge it fully. Like here's all the candy in the world. Here's all the fun in the world. And like, you can't do that either. Right. right. Like, um, think of like a good parent. You know, right? There's parent, boundaries. There's boundaries, um, and so you become essentially the parent oh. of your own child, and <gasps> that's nuts. Yeah, but it makes sense. Yeah, I. But so it's honoring the more playful side of yourself, and and making them feel integrated integrated and loved loved. because the inner child never leaves you and so it's kind of comforting yeah i think a lot of people myself included you try and stuff it away you're like no no i can't i can't do this i can't do that like i have to be an adult and it's like that's actually not healthy you're not you you're not taking of your adult self by not taking care of your inner child. Yeah. And this relates to, you know, the previous episode with money where it's like I think when you find if you're, you know, lucky enough or whatever to find work that um fulfills your inner child to some degree that like touches on it, mm. that's a really beautiful management of the adult and the child where it's like I'm making money and I'm like having working fun. in the world, but I'm also having fun and like there's a part of this that is play. I'm so bad at that. <laughs> like, oh my God, there was fun. A, I'm not like fun. This New Yorker, uh, there was this New Yorker uh, cartoon last week. Um, I I should look it up because the I, I, I should credit the cartoonist, but he, it's this amazing image of like a child on one side and an adult on the other side and the child's in color and the adult's in black and white. Mm. And in front of the child, it says Play-Doh. And in front of the adult, it says Work-Doh. <laughs> it's so accurate. But it's true. I, so I have been thinking about my inner child for a while and I actually talk to our friend Jillian about it sometimes. And yeah. also when I got my... Maybe we'll have Jillian on. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be fun. Jill, you're going to be on it. You're totally... She'd be into yeah, it. Yeah, she's listening. Um, <laughs> so my... The, the astrology reading I got really touched on I have to incorporate more pleasurable things like painting or dancing or just having a moment of like carefreeness in my life and that will open up a lot of stuff for me because I don't really do that so lately 
I was just like cranking music and just like dancing around my apartment yes. for like five minutes. And I'm like, this is fucking fun. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I try to do that now. Or I've been trying to paint more, which like is very meditative and so fun for me because you just, I don't think about anything. That's massive. Yeah. So besides like meditation and like offering stuff, like I think you, you can be tactile with your presence, you know, like. Totally. And dance. I have Legos right over there. Yeah. See? Yeah. It's something no one really does. Yeah. I I love doing that. I'll, I'll literally be like, I need a 10 minute dance break and I'll just stop, put some music on and just dance for 10 minutes. See? That's great. And it's so important. Yeah. If that's your thing, you know, for children, you know, every child is different. Some children just want to be cuddled. Some children just want to, you know, talk some, you know, it, it's whatever you want. Like everyone's different, but, yeah. um, but it's so crucial to, I think your health and well being and your spiritual progress. Um, and what also happens is I feel like the compassion that you have for your inner child builds the compassion with your adult self, which in turn is creates compassion with other adults huh? and yeah. children. Yeah, I don't love children, by the way. <laughs> it's, well... I find them challenging. Yeah. And I, I have a hard time when they have their tantrums. But I'm also like, you know what? Hmm. This place is crazy to them. They can't express themselves. Everything is, like, dense and heavy. And, like, they just need to cry. Learning to navigate the world, I think, can be confusing. Yeah. It's, it is, to this day. It is. I don't think that ever ends... You just get better. Mm, yeah, I think you get better. It's surfing. Have you ever surfed? Yeah. I tried twice. It was one of the hardest it. things I've ever done. I love it so much. I couldn't even stand out. I had a really beautiful dream about surfing. We should do an episode about dreams. Yeah, we're going to do a dream episode. Definitely yeah, yeah. We'll definitely do a dreaming episode. <sighs> yeah, but inner child work, it's super important. And. I feel like even like friends that you have, uh, you know, uh, the people who you really get along with are people you can play with. Yeah, that's true. You know, you can just be silly and cuddle and like laugh and just have fun, dance and whatever, sing and do karaoke, right? Like, yeah, all those things. It's like an element of fun. Yeah, and it's very pure, you know? Mm. It's a very kind of innocent, um, pure thing where, like, it could literally be as simple as, like, walking outside. Yeah. Like, just taking a walk. Taking a moment. Yeah. I feel like you told me once that you write with your opposite dominant hand to get in touch with your inner child. Yeah, so this is a technique I learned from a friend from this life coach that is, like, I think maybe, like, proprietary information. (laughs) I was going to mention it, but I was like, maybe I shouldn't because... Well, we can cut it out. Yeah. Too bad. It's like good. I'll say it. It's fine. I mean, as long as you say it's not yours. Yeah, you it's definitely not it. mine. Yeah, you got it from somewhere else. Yeah, I can find out who the person was. But yeah, it, one way to get in... So, you, you know, you may be listening to this right now and you're like, okay, cool. Uh, I don't know where that... I don't know where that child is. You know, you may have spent years kind of like, you know, it's not your fault, but because the culture kind of almost requires you to, but it's like, 
you may have spent years kind of subverting or or just like uh pushing it down yeah pushing it down pushing your child down so one way of um re reconnecting is uh you know meditation is definitely one thing you can just ask to be kind of like brought back in touch with the child but another is a really cool technique where um you get a journal and instead of writing with your dominant hand you write with the non-dominant hand and what that does is it kind of puts you in the framework of being more innocent and childlike and not knowing and um you can literally like ask questions and just see what comes out with that hand Mm. and it's it's the same thing as like free writing which i feel like is another technique that we can just throw out now but free writing is huge for me like that's a huge way for me to get in touch with my intuition in a quick way i love writing Oh, yeah. I write every morning. Do you really? Yeah. My favorite is lists. I love a list. Even if it's, like, an intention list. It's, it really helped me helps me, like, narrow down to, like, my, like, key point. That's awesome. Love it. I mean, it also makes me feel more in control. That's probably a mm. little cappy thing there. Yeah. Control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um... Automatic writing. Yeah, the automatic writing thing. That's the same thing as stream of consciousness writing. Yeah. 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 It's huge. And, like, I actually learned about – I mean, I was – I started doing it when I I did um, The Art of Living. Oh, yeah. Uh, Not The Art of Living. The the Artist Way. The Artist Way. Julia Cameron. Okay. So Julia Cameron, um, if you don't know, uh, she's a playwright, screenwriter, and – uh, she wrote this book called The Artist's Way, which is like a huge bestseller. And it is basically for people who are like blocked creatives, people who kind of it, part of it's like inner child stuff where like yeah. um, you, you're just kind of like lost and you know that there's there's parts of you that need to come out and you for whatever reason you're blocked. And I kind of experienced that. Um, and uh, our trusty good friend Jillian actually bought me at The Artist's Way um, right around my Saturn return. I was, I think, 26 and, uh, 26, 27. And, um, yeah, it, one of the things she talks about is morning pages, which is every morning you write. And especially if you're a writer, the, just the act of writing every day, just like starts to like clear the blockages, you know, it's like a pipe that is kind of blocked with all sorts of bullshit. And as you write, like the water starts kind of clearing Mm. it away, clearing the mud, the debris. And, um, but with the free writing, so I, I would do that. But what I also started realizing when was when I I didn't censor myself. And I was talking to my friend Noah about this um, a couple of days ago because he does it too. He actually records himself. That, that's another cool that's thing. That's amazing. So instead of just writing, he'll just like he'll press record and just start talking and not censoring himself, which is what Shaman Durek, who had, we had mentioned also does where he kind of calls out to the spirit world and then just starts talking. And I've been doing that too, where, uh, if for me, it's the same thing. It's just tapping into that flow, that like third, that third entity, that Mm -hmm. upper, you know, that, that, that soul over soul, um, intuition, whatever you want to call it, where there's something deeper in you that's more knowing. And there are, these are different techniques that you can use in order to tap into that. And I, I really encourage anyone who's listening to try them out, try writing 
just just start writing and don't um, don't censor yourself. Just let it go and and whatever comes out, don't say oh that was bad. Just just keep going. Um, I used to write letters to myself. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was a great way to kind of just, and the censoring thing I think is what's important here. Massively. It's like, um, don't say or write what you think you should be feeling or should do. Should is such a flag word. Ugh, barf. You know? Yeah. I think that's the, to me, that's the hardest part of doing any kind of like automatic writing or stream of consciousness. It's like. Once you can kind of get over the should, then you're in the clear. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get the insight. Yeah. You know who uh, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it in E Pray Love? Oh. She talks about free writing. And that, that, that's where, that, that was my transition from the morning pages to realizing, like, oh, when I write, because she talks about how she has this experience where she writes and it's like there's something greater than her, like giving like very concrete information. I think yeah. it's like, early in the book when she's dealing with the divorce. Did you read the book? No. Okay. Um, I loved it. (laughs) As you can tell, I'm really in touch with my feminine (laughs) side. Uh, I didn't read it. Melissa, my partner, Melissa had it and I don't think she ever read it. And I I was like, like, no. Yeah. I was like, I love it. (laughs) Um, but she, you know, she's in a very difficult part and she, she writes and it's, it's kind of like her soul talking and, um, it comes out, you know, the, the truth, the, the, her intuitive, like deeper self kinds of come, yeah. comes out. And it's like this bedrock where you're like, Oh my God, like I feel, I feel grounded. And, and that's again, this thing with the, the inner child yourself and this, this higher being is being a human is hard and you have to, it, it, it takes practice to be able to not go crazy considering we're in such a crazy culture and yeah. doing these kinds of practices and, and learning how to navigate yourself and, and make sure each part of you is fed and loved uh, is so huge. And these practices, I really do feel like, are expressions in love. I agree. And I also think what's really fascinating about doing these practices is it reminds you that you are bigger than just this body and this experience, right? And Totally. I think that as humans and like the world that we live in, we're so conditioned to be rational, you know, like logic, science, math, etc. But like when you do these kind of like magical practices that like invoke this like deep seated knowing that you are bigger than this, it, it can really fuel you and provide an inspiration that it can be like no other, you know? Yes. Um, and, and like to build on that, like, did you have something else you want? No. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, no. Uh, to build on that, one of the things that really kind of tripped me out with the writing, and it happened with the music that I wrote too, where I'd write these lyrics or I'd write something in my journal, and I'd write it, and I wouldn't totally understand the significance of it, but there was something greater in me that is not tied to time mm. and the linearity of mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. that at some point I open up my journal to this one passage or I listen to the, the song that I wrote a while ago and it hits me so hard and I'm yeah. like, I fucking wrote this for myself for now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you do that, you, you realize like 
it's very hard to break out of the linearity of time. And, and when you start allowing these magical practices to take over, you start flowing more and realizing like things aren't linear. Mm -mm. And like we were talking about this during our break, where we were like, you know, um, I have a tendency to try and be linear. Um, but well, most people, most people do, yeah. but I wanted, you know, I, I always want like this podcast to be like, this is the subject and it's going to be this. And we're going to talk about it, but it's like, yeah. It's not flow. I mean, no. it's not a bad thing. It creates structure. Right. I mean, I love structure. Yeah. I love lists and organization. But I think, and we were talking about this a while ago at the coffee shop, like, I think when you start to work in the reality that is not so concrete, like talking about manifestation and the other dimensions and spirits, like, they're not part of this, of this third dimension. So it's like you, you must be able to be flexible with your structure because it changes. And it is like magic. It is impossible. It's an impossible way of thinking, you know, from our standards that we grow with. Like no one's like write down, you know, 10 things you want, meditate on it and like just wait for it to happen. Like that's crazy talk. Yeah. But it's real. Yeah. That, that's so, been that's like been one of the struggles too with me the past couple of years with the money stuff the work stuff whatever is like I'm so cerebral yes. and I'm I'm now at a place where like I'm so beyond trying to understand. Yeah, you have to let go of the <laughs> logic a little bit. I'm like so beyond trying to understand and more in a flow state and just like letting things happen and I look at it. I think nature is symbolic of our actual reality. So, Seasons. Right. Everything dies. <laughs> and then two months later, it's reborn. Yeah. If that's not a significant signal for the fluidity that we must have to live here, I mean, I don't know what else is. Yeah. And we're we're always taught to just be static, be stable be you know this one thing you know yeah. and it's just like an impossibility it's like what are you talking about it's like a straitjacket well yeah because we're all just like little vibrations you know mm -hmm. vibrating everywhere nothing yeah. ever you know unfortunately or fortunately like change is the only constant which is very difficult for me because i hate change but right. paradox yeah it's true yeah and that siren's agreeing I feel like they keep coming when they're like, yes. When they're like big truths. Yeah. I'll take it. Thank you. Just <laughs> <laughs> flow. But not from like an apathetic place. Yeah. You know, like you have to flow from a vibration that attracts the most benevolent outcome. You know, like... Because you can just flow and sort of just have meh experiences. Mm -hmm. So it brings us back to that idea of like you kind of you do have to work at this, right? Like it's not just sitting in a chair. No, it's definitely work. It's work. It's definitely work. But it's cool. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel like you are more than what you've been taught. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it, that's like another thing that. I really am grateful for this podcast and I hope it inspires other people that this podcast is like, you're not alone. 
Yeah. And like you have a community. Yeah, you have a community and it's so important. Um you know, talking about the money stuff or whatever, it's just we're in this together. You know, yeah. you're not alone. We are all in this together. And you have a lot of support yeah. even if you don't know it, you know. There's a lot of stuff around you that you can't really feel until you open up your peepers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's been all that stuff about, you know, how people, there have been all these people who passed, like, you know, early or whatever. Yeah. And, and everyone's talking about how, like, you know, I, I wish I said I love you and all these. It's just, like, say it now. Don't yeah. wait. If you Tell love everybody. someone, if you're grateful, say it now. Because it's a great feeling to be like, hey, I'm super grateful for you. Yeah. It's nice. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like that's a nice time. What's a nice time? Well, this whole this? convo. Yeah. This was a good one. Yeah. Love thy neighbor. Yes. Jeez. Actually, oh. Seth had a really interesting thing about this. What? The love thy neighbor as you love thyself. Go on. I don't remember. He has, um, he has a reflection on this in mass events where he talks about how, like, <laughs> it's actually not the best um, law because some people don't love themselves. which I was like, holy shit. It's very true. And it's hard to love your neighbor when you don't love yourself. Well, it's hard to have any great relationship with any human if you don't love yourself. And, and, and I do think it's all about that. Yeah. And inner child work is a big part of that. If you worthiness. Yeah. Yes. I know. I got, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start talking to her. Yeah. Small baby Celine. (laughs) (laughs) Six-year-old Celine. Six-year-old Celine, like I caught you. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's it feels nice to think about that aspect being with you. And I think a lot of people do take care of their inner child. They just don't consciously realize it. You know, um, if they treat themselves to like ice cream or whatever, they go to a play or a movie or something like that. Like, yeah, um, or they go out to a club and dance. Like, they are. They're, they probably they're, are... They're having fun, right? Connect, like right. It's like an element of fun. How do you have fun in your life? Yeah. Just dance. Just dance. I mean, that's pretty spot on. Is that what the our, our ending pra- practice should be? Yes. Everybody should try to take at least five minutes today, or whenever you're listening to this, and just, like, dance your hardest and, like, so unapologetically yourself no one cares (laughs) yeah you don't have to be a good dancer and there's no excuse five minutes is nothing there's yeah there's no one song once yeah one song there we go pick like a song you really love and just go for it i would suggest nikki and the dove um oh my god i think it's called murder on the dance floor it's a delightful song. That's my song. If I could do it right now, what would yours be? Bizarre Love Triangle, New Order. See? That was... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we go. Let's see Inner Child. All right, y'all. <sighs> okay. Get in touch with that inner child. Dance your little heart out. We love you. And uh, we'll speak to you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>